We are in the prelude to Holy Week, where starting Palm Sunday next week, Jesus goes towards his death um, uh, for, for, for our sins, for the sins of the world. And so we're going to experience all those familiar parts of, of Holy Week, of um, Jesus being the Last Supper and Jesus being betrayed uh, by one of the twelve, by Judas Iscariot, and being handed over to the authorities and all that he went through. Well, this week, I, as we're considering going into this, I wanted to, I wanted to see which part of the narrative happened right before the events of Holy Week. Like, what happened right before Palm Sunday? And, you know, it's a little bit of a di- different gospels include different parts of the story, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But John has a really interesting story that he shares uh, right before the time of Jesus' anointing in Bethany and going to Jerusalem as the king. And this is the story of the raising of Lazarus, Lazarus to life from death. And I, the more I thought about this this week, I think that on purpose, the raising, of La- the raising of Lazarus happened on purpose the week before Holy Week because God wanted to show his disciples, I can do this. <laughs> I can overcome the grave. Jesus had been telling us, his disciples over and over again, I'm going to be handed over by wicked men. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to rise from the dead. He'd been telling them over and over again, and they kept on being mystified by this. And so God... Jesus decides to teach about this concept through a real uh, event that happens in the life of one of his friends, his death. John's purpose in writing his gospel was to give this definitive proof that Jesus is the Messiah, God's Son, and that God is in control. And so John really spells out his purpose in writing uh, in John 20, 30 and 31. It says, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. So this story was included on purpose, right before the crucifixion, um, that you might continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his great name. Lazarus was a very close friend of Jesus, along with his sisters Mary and Martha. And Jesus performed this this miracle of resurrection in Lazarus' life in order to show his authority over death to the people who witnessed it. You know, this is meant to be a teachable moment. Do you remember last week when I talked about the three ways that Jesus taught? One, through parables. Two, through direct teachings, like the Sermon on the Mount. And three, through situations that came up, where he would have a situation come up, and then he'd teach his disciples through it. And the the death of Lazarus, the close friend of Christ, is a time when, when Jesus decides to teach through a very difficult situation. And what does God intend us to get out of this story? Well, I think it's the same thing he wanted his disciples to get out of the story. And the idea is that if Jesus can raise Lazarus from the dead after four days in a tomb, we are supposed to believe and be spurred on in our faith in Jesus that Jesus can also raise us from the dead as well. And that Jesus and the Holy, is raised by the Holy Spirit on Easter Sunday after three days. Jesus can raise the dead both literally 
as in the case of Lazarus and, and, and himself being raised by the Holy Spirit. But also, he is able to bring the dead parts of us to life uh, by the power of his resurrection. Why do I say that? Well, in Romans 8, 11, it's, it, it talks about how Jesus rose from the dead. And it says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. This is an amazing promise. The same spirit that resuscitated Jesus, that brought him back to life after three days, lives in every believer, so he will also give life to your mortal body. Not just a resurrection after you die, but also while you're still alive. There's a hope of resurrection in the story of Jesus. And the same spirit that raised Christ to life lives inside of us. I don't know where your faith is at this morning, but I think Jesus wants to increase our faith today through this historical account of what he did for his friend Lazarus. And Jesus will ultimately raise every person to life who has died, just as he raised Lazarus to life, and just as he himself was raised from the dead. And I think the message we're supposed to get here is that he can also raise us to life when we're living in, in, in death ways and hopelessness and despair. Um, the word says that the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ's physical body back to life lives in us. And that spirit gives life to our mortal bodies as well. So this morning is double good news for our faith, you know, both for, you know, the resurrection of the dead after we die, being resurrected in Christ, and also what God can do in our lives as we're walking with him from day to day. So first, you know, we're going to see that this sickness that took Lazarus's life was meant for the glory of God and for the benefit of those who would see this great miracle. Um, to, hear, to hear the firsthand account as we're reading today. This, this story was a teachable moment where Jesus is trying to teach us something uh, today about resurrection. So we're going to read the first part of this in John 11. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same who had poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you to death, and you're going to go back? Jesus answered, are, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought, thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. 
seems to be saying, Jesus says, for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there because I don't think Jesus would have been able to resist healing Lazarus if he had seen Martha and Mary and had that compassion on them that he felt. His love, his love for Lazarus. I, th- I think that it almost would have been too much. But it's really for the disciples' good that, that, he, that he died because Jesus wants to show them the glory of God. We see this spelled out in John eleven four. Jesus says, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And then we see in John eleven fifteen, For your sake I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. You know, Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for his own death and resurrection on the cross. That's what he's doing. He's also teaching them about their own deaths and their own resurrections and teaching us about ours as well. Jesus has been saying over and over again leading up to this story, things like in Luke 18, where he says, taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, listen, we're going to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans. He will be mocked, treated shamefully, and spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again. But they didn't understand any of this. The significance of his words was hidden from them. They failed to grasp what he was talking about. Jesus is using this situation in Lazarus's sickness and his death to teach his disciples about resurrection and to teach us about the glory of God who raises the dead so that we might not fear death either and we can put our trust in him. I, I love Jesus' uh, way of, of talking about Lazarus in John eleven four. He says, this sickness will not end in death. <laughs> it's true. Lazarus' sickness ended in resurrection. But part of, <laughs> he actually did die. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Jesus is like, this is not the end for him. It didn't end in death. His, his sickness is not going to end in death this time. Although he will go through the way of death. So next we're going to witness... Uh, Jesus announcing and teaching about what he's going to do in a pronouncement about the glory of God who can raise the dead. So this is John eleven seventeen, continuing in our reading. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So waiting around those extra two days, when it says he heard his friend was sick and he waited around for two days, he waited too long. He had been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will will live even though they die. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. 
After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also and were troubled, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? This sounds like a Twitter comment. <laughs> man, it's just so, so, so much negativity surrounding everything Jesus did uh, from, from, the, from, the, from the gallery, right? So despite the fact that Jesus is using this event to teach his disciples about his power, to teach us about his power and his authority to raise the dead, it also sheds light on just how human Jesus really was. You know, there is this crescendo of sadness in Christ that culminates in him breaking out in tears, causing the crowd to exclaim, wow, you know, see how much Jesus loved this man. Never think for a minute that just because God knows all things and has authority in all things and has a plan in all things, that God is unaffected by our human misery, by our sicknesses, by our mourning, as we camp out between our brokenness and the miracles God will do in our lives. We're, we're camped out between the, the kingdom of Jesus where it's already here but it's not yet fully fulfilled and there is sadness here. There is pain and suffering. And Jesus... Although he has a plan, although he knows what's coming, he joins in the human experience of weeping and crying with us. Just because God knows all things, has authority in all things, has a plan in all things, it does not mean that God is unaffected by the pain that we feel. He knows. You know, life is hard. He knows life is hard. It's hard for us. Jesus knows that. You know, Jesus sees us crying, weeping, calling out to him in our suffering. And though he knows what he's ultimately going to do about it, he still bends down and weeps with us in our misery, in our sadness. You know, that's the God that we know. Jesus was fully God. He was also fully human. And Jesus saw Mary weeping and those who came along with her weeping. And it says he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. And Jesus wept. In the Old Testament, we do see this as well. We see, we see God seeing everything that's happening and having compassion on people and reaching out to people. Um, but Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's here, and he does it with his people. He does it still. So in the midst of all this, all this sadness, Jesus engages in this conversation with Martha that's meant to teach us about what God is going to do with our death problem. First, Jesus says to Martha in John eleven twenty three, your brother will rise again. And Martha responds with great faith. It's actually breathtaking. 
she responds in, in great faith. She says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I mean, this, is, this, is, this had to have pleased Jesus, that she, she knew, as we know, that on the last day we will be raised in Christ. So Jesus, um, th- this response expressed this faith in what God is going to do for every person that dies in Christ. He's going to raise them to life. Lazarus will literally rise again, and Christ will rise again after his death, but everyone who die in Christ will ultimately be raised to life on the last day as well. You know, when, when uh, Lazarus was, was raised to life from his sickness, you know, he, he eventually died. He's not around anymore. Um, he died in, in his old age, we assume. Um, but ultimately, every person who dies in Christ will be resurrected at the end of time. And Jesus affirms Martha's response. He approved of her theology. He did not correct her. What he said to her was, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And Martha answers correctly in verses 27 and 28, saying, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who's come into the world. So here, you know, we, we, we see this truth that we often hear at, read at funerals, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And a person puts their faith in Jesus and what he did for them on the cross and live their life in light of that. Um, when they die, they die in Christ, even as they lived in Christ, and they will be resurrected by Christ in the last day. So after this, Martha went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. So when Mary approaches, she, she also expresses faith in Jesus. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I think she knew Jesus well enough to know that he wouldn't have been able to resist healing this guy, I think, if he had been present. And Jesus responds to this, saying, where have you laid him? And it was at this time when Jesus encounters Mary that it became just too much for him emotionally, and he began weeping along with her and the others. I think Mary's response was also pleasing to Christ because they expressed faith in Jesus' ability to heal the sick, which she had witnessed so many times in his earthly ministry. Time and time again, he'd see, she'd seen him heal people that were sick and close to death. If only he had been there, she thought, when Lazarus was sick but still living. You know, Jesus could have healed him. You know, so Martha has a good theology. She believes that every person that dies in Christ will be raised up in Christ at the last day, which Jesus affirms. Mary believes that Jesus is able to heal someone who is sick if he gets to them in time before they passed away, which also I think Jesus affirms with his tears. I think he's saying, yes, I think I would have done that. But now Jesus is going to surprise everyone and show them the glory of God. So this is like a, a different option they did than they knew was available. Um, Jesus is going to show everyone that he raises, he can also raise those who have already died um, in order to continue living before the last days have even come to us. In other words, the resurrection that he offers um, can come before the end times. 
His, God's glory is man, manifested in this resurrection of the dead as, a, as this precursor to God's glory manifested in Jesus' resurrection in the coming weeks. So finally, we get to see this miracle. After all that, the manifestation of God's glory in, in uh, verse 38. It says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to him, said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. At the tomb's entrance, Martha objects to the idea of moving, moving that stone because She's concerned about the smell of decomposition. It's been four days in a warm, closed environment. Uh, what, what a horror to think about your sister rolling away the tomb and have being hit with that, uh, that hor horrible scene. Um, but nonetheless, she pushed forward. I can only imagine that when she rolled that stone away, she was wincing. Um, she would have felt death sting so strongly, her brother dead in the tomb. But Jesus reminds her in verse 40 with an encouragement. Did I not tell you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So Jesus then lifts his face to heaven and he prays to God. He prays a prayer that shows that he is in, teach, in full teaching mode. He's teaching everybody and teaching us. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here they may believe that you sent me. So, <laughs> again, he's saying, God, we all know what we're going to do here. But this is for everybody else. Show them your glory, you know? So despite the authentic grief that Jesus was feeling as he, as he empathized with Mary and Martha, this is a teachable moment and a way of reassuring everybody that he himself will be resurrected just a couple weeks later after his crucifixion. So in Jesus' prayer, he shares out loud his intention in praying is to show God's glory and prove that God had sent him one last time before his death and resurrection. He's teaching his disciples who are witnessing this. He's teaching Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And he's teaching us. This account was saved for us so that we could learn from this as well. And then Jesus calls out, Lazarus, come out. And to everyone's shock, the dead man is raised to life and comes out. And I love Jesus' simple and very practical advice. Take the grave clothes off of him. He's tripping, you know. It's, it would have been wrapped very tightly. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. So what is Jesus teaching us today through this story that has been preserved for us in the resurrection of Lazarus? I think Jesus wants to increase our faith in the glory of God. There, there's sometimes two, two, two ways we can see something going, and Jesus sees a third thing that can happen. 
And just as God raised Lazarus to life, God also raised Jesus to life by the Holy Spirit's power. The same Spirit that lives inside every believer and give life, gives life to our mortal bodies. You know, God wants our faith to be fully formed. He wants us to know that the same Spirit that, that resuscitated him back to life lives in us. That death does not have the final word in our everyday life or, in, or even in our death. Jesus said, the person that believes in him will not die. Uh, their life will not end in death. Death will be a part of their life that leads to life, right? And resurrection. So Jesus wants to increase our faith in the glory of God, that uh, in, in the resurrection of Christ, you know, the new creation, what God is doing, has, has worked its way into our own lives. And God wants us to be fully formed by this. I think another thing we can, we can learn from this story is that, you know, Martha is, is right. Jesus will raise up every person who dies in Christ at the end times. A literal, physical resurrection. If you want to know what that's going to look like, you can read about the transfiguration in the, in the Gospels. When Jesus uh, hangs out with Elijah and Moses in a, in a glorified body. Um, but we will all be raised to life, those of us who die in Christ. A literal, physical resurrection. And these are things that we should comfort one another with when we are missing our loved ones who have died in Christ, that there is a resurrection coming and there is a reunion coming with those who have died before us. In the midst of our grief, we are all going to be raised who believe in Christ on the last day. And I think another thing we can learn is that, that Mary is also correct. Jesus can also raise up the sick who are prayed for into health. You know, that's why we offer to pray for people that are sick or break bones or tear ligaments because Jesus is here and he's still doing this work of healing. The work of the cross that he completed when he said it is done works its way into our lives. And so sometimes when we pray for people, they're healed. It happens. And the, the probability of someone being healed goes way up the more a church prays for healing. So, you know, you'll have 0% healings with 0% prayers. And you're going to have a higher percentage of healings the more you offer prayer. That's just the way it is. Got nothing to lose. But, Je but Mary is right. When Jesus is here, he can raise up the sick. And finally, Jesus' resurrection power manifested by his Holy Spirit can raise up the parts of us in our mortal bodies, according to Romans 8, that are dead and dying. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You know? That's an amazing thought. It says in the scriptures that every believer who follows Christ is given a deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing, guaranteeing their future inheritance. The Holy Spirit dwells within every believer, and that Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that brought Jesus back to life. So we should not look into our lives and, and become uh, think that something is hopeless because there's always resurrection power available. There's always miracles available. In all of this, as hard as it is for us to believe... It's like Olivia said in her faith story. You know, God does care about each person. He has, a, he has a capacity to care about each individual person. He empathizes perfectly with our pain and our grief. Even though he has all authority, even though he has a plan, he's still attuned to our emotions and how we're doing. Jesus is sympathetic with our weaknesses, it says in Hebrews. So therefore, we should come to Jesus in our grief and try to tap into that comfort that he provides. The Holy Spirit is also called the comforter in Greek. You know, God wants to comfort his people. So just celebrate this fact that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. 
anyone who believes in him will live even after dying. So the important part of this is to believe in Jesus. Believe in the one that God sent. Now Jesus was God in the flesh who came, lived a perfect life, showed us how to follow God perfectly, never sinned, gave his life as a sacrifice on the cross to cover our sins so that we could have a relationship with God. If we do not have faith in Jesus, we do not, we do not have the hope of resurrection. But resurrection, power, and hope is given to every person that puts their faith in Jesus. And for that reason, we don't have to fear death anymore. Death is swallowed up in life. The resurrection of Christ was really about new creation. God making all things new. He's the firstborn of all creation, Jesus is. So this idea of resurrection, of, of being, of participating in a new work that God wants to do in your life, like don't, don't let go of that. You know, God wants to intervene. He wants to bring life to our dead bodies. <laughs> he wants to restore our soul. And he is going to resurrect us when we die. But there's things in this life that we should go for in prayer. Uh, one of those things we're going to go for is healing prayer today uh, with Eowyn. And so anyone that wants to stay behind and pray with us, that's great. We're just seeing if God's new creation can break forward into Eowyn's life. You know, there's a time when there will be no sickness or death or pain when the kingdom comes fully. Um, and Jesus offers that to us in the here and now through faith. We can take hold of that and pull it back through prayer into our present reality and see what Jesus can do. So just don't let go and keep on going for that new creation. God wants to make us a new creation in Christ. Thanks for coming. Uh, God bless you. Go and be the church.